Welcome to the Happy Workplace Podcast. My name is John Ferris, and I'm passionate about leadership in the workplace and maximizing your potential. I'm not a millionaire, and I drive an old car. I've worked in many different jobs in both corporate and nonprofit companies, leading teams of paid and unpaid employees. I'm not yet 30, and I'm the production manager at an artisan food company whose product is popular all across Canada. I don't have all the answers, just my story and how I got here. All right, let's get to it. So you've made it this far. You've made it to the interview early and you're staying as calm as you possibly can. Well, what now? First thing you want to do is you want to take a minute to scan the room so that you can win the room. Are you in an office? Are you in a boardroom? At your desk at home over a Zoom interview? How many people are interviewing you? One, two, three... Four. Okay, you get the idea. <laughs> Remember, their titles or their names, write them down. No one said that you can't bring a notepad or a pen to an interview. This is important because making a good impression only one person in the room out of three likely will not get you the job. And even if it does, the other people in the room won't be very excited about you and it could very easily lead to them maybe undermining you or just not feeling good about you as a hire and not really wanting to back you up or to support you. So in order for this to be a win, you've got to win over however many people are in that room. I've been in an interview before where there was like five or six people in the room. You've got to win all those people over or else it doesn't count. Today, I really want to answer three questions. Uh, The first one is how to answer questions. So hopefully I can answer these three. Uh, Number two, when to stop talking, which is not going to be right now. And then three, how personal should you be? So here we go. Number one, how to answer questions. First, if you have no idea what to say, instead of saying something like, um, uh, there are a few things that you can do. So they hit you with a really tough question that you just, you've never heard before. You don't know how to answer it. There's a few things and here we go. You can take a short pause. Or you can say something like, I think this is an important question because this really speaks to where we're at as a culture. Let's see what we can learn from people who are the worst at answering questions in my mind. You ready? Politicians. (laughs) More often than not, they hit three of my five red flags for answering questions. What do I mean? Well, here we go. Number one, give vague answers. Here's an example. We need to take time to review the proposed bill and take time to lay out a comprehensive plan. Ugh, what did they say? There was no specifics there. There was nothing, okay? Number two is being too specific. So really we're talking about just finding a balance. You don't want to overcommit, but you also don't want to undercommit either, okay? Think about... Doug Ford's Buck a Beer. If you're outside of Canada, Google it just for a laugh. It may have worked for him, but people are going to hold you accountable for what you say, and unless you do exactly what you say, they'll be disappointed in you. So if you're taking a new job, you might be tempted to talk yourself up, but then you've got all this hype to live up to. 
really what you want to do is talk yourself up enough to get the job, but not too much so that you're never going to live up to that. The other problem is that often things change and what you say you're going to do, you're not actually able to do. Maybe because it's funding or personnel or energy or whatever it is, you're likely not going to be able to do everything. The third thing is that they diminish someone else, right? If you hear the election debates, they're yelling at each other, they're talking over each other, they're picking apart what the other person says. And the problem with this is that a good leader doesn't need to insult others. They know what they're capable of. And let me share this one with story. Before BlackBerry had their huge fall, they talked about competing with the iPhone. How do we get to be as good as the iPhone? What are they doing that we can be doing? Meanwhile, Apple was talking about making their phone better. So either you need to improve or you've got this or you're not going to get the job. Just be okay with that. But have some confidence and peace in that. The way to get ahead is not by leaving a trail of bodies behind you, but by bringing people with you. The fourth one is missing the personal interpersonal balance. Let me explain. Tell me a bit about yourself. 10 minutes later, person still talking and they say, and those are the names of my 15 cats in alphabetical order. Too personal. The flip side of this would be, I really don't have any hobbies. Silence. That's not personal enough. They're trying to get to know you and you don't give them anything. The fifth one is too much info. Here's an example that actually happened to me when I was interviewing someone. I asked someone their reason for leaving their job because they only worked there a few months and then didn't take another job after that and then were applying to work at our company. Well, they said that they got fired because their boss was awful and said that they didn't work fast enough. This is too much info because I got too much from that and we ultimately didn't end up hiring them. I got that their boss didn't like them, they got upset, and that they aren't the fastest worker. Here's another way of saying that. Unfortunately, I got let go uh, without any notice or warning. Everyone fills in the blanks, so make your employer fill in the blanks without giving them all of the bad details. Okay, so you got my five red flags, five things not to do when you're answering questions. With that being said, how do you actually answer a question? Well, a lot of it is a spectrum like we're talking about, but there's also some things that you can do to kind of cheat or to sound smarter than maybe you actually are or to talk about something that you don't know about. So when you're answering a question, it's important to learn the buzzwords in your industry. Okay, in fashion, you can answer any question by using the word trends. In sports, you can answer any question by using preparation and conditioning. No matter the job, my favorites are culture, community, trends, statistics, and history. Okay, let's pretend that I'm applying for a job at Apple. And yes, Apple is getting another reference in here, uh, but bear with me. Okay, I have never owned an Apple product before in my life. I've ne- I'm not really even tech savvy. So think of all the things that I could be doing and all the things that I should know about an Apple product that I don't. I'm not looking very promising for this position, okay? Um, So say I'm in an interview and they're asking me questions and they hit me with this one. What improvements 
would you like to see made? Uh, I don't even know what they're currently working on, but here, let me let me show you what I came up with. Okay, here goes. Seeing our culture change at such a fast pace, more people have access to a phone now than ever before. We have a responsibility to pay attention to the latest trends that society is experiencing as a whole. I'd like to use the iPhone as a means to bring communities together in a way that we've never seen before in history. Sorry, Apple, I already have a job. <laughs> okay, notice how I gave an idea, but not a whole plan. The worst thing I could do, okay, here's my 10-step plan. The problem is, is that, one, no one's going to remember all the steps, and two, then if you get the job, you have to follow all 10 steps. If you don't give any plan and you say, I have no idea what I'm going to do, then they're not going to hire you. So throw out ideas instead of plans, steps, concrete things. You want to talk general terms and not, um, not in concrete, okay? So keep that in mind. Uh, just don't go very specific. Culture, community, trends, statistics, history, they're going to get you a very, very long way. Okay, that's how to answer a question. Be general, give them some info, but not all of the info, and watch that balance of a lot of things that are coming up there, okay? The second one we want to go through is when to stop talking. The real question I want to ask, though, is how long will you actually listen to someone before you just tune out? Think about it this way. How long will your grandmother listen to you tell a story that really isn't very interesting to her. Depends on how much your grandma loves you, but probably a couple minutes. Let's flip it though. How long will a stranger on the street listen to you to tell the same story? Not nearly as long. Okay, so again, we're talking about balance because when you're answering a question in an interview, it can't be 10 seconds. On the flip side, it also can't be five minutes. It's gotta be somewhere in between. I find typically a good answer will be about that 30 seconds to two minute range. That's typically where you want to land. So don't be afraid to end on, on a high when you're answering a question. Uh, wait till you find something good and then just stop. One of my favorite TV shows really helps drive this point home. Michael Scott from The Office is in an, kind of a, a debrief with his boss. And he says this brilliant line, which I think we can all understand. He says this, Sometimes I'll start a sentence and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope that I find it along the way. I love this quote. We all feel like that at some point in an interview. We stumble our way through and then eventually maybe we find something good to say at the end and we're so proud of ourselves. Okay, but in the interview, what we want to do is we want to just stop and we want to end on a high note. So at the beginning, we're fumbling, ah, uh, mm, uh, and here's a, a great idea. End it right there, right? Don't keep talking because you're probably not going to find another great idea. That's not going to happen the same way. The third question I want to answer with this is how personal should you be in an interview? And I really think you've got to kind of gauge the room and see how many personal questions the boss is asking you. 
But what you want to do is you want to think about what are the things that you can share that are beneficial to the job. Okay, so I'm joking about cats and animals, but you know, that's not really going to impact the job that much unless you need to go home at lunch or whatever to let them out. But what is going to impact the job is hobbies that you have, uh, things that interest you, stuff like that. But also like just be upfront about who you are. Don't ever change who you are for anything that you're ever doing because it's not going to come across as authentic. And more often than not, you're going to fail because you're trying to do something that's not you than you will if you're trying to do something that is you. So keep that in mind as you're going through. Um, But really when it comes down to how personal should you be, it's all about your comfort level and how you are as a person. Okay, so typically I'm more of a reserved person than I am, you know, just telling everybody my dirty laundry and airing everything out. So I'm going to tend to lean on being more reserved because that's just naturally who I am as a person. Other people are going to come in and they're just going to tell you their whole life story. Good for them. That comes across as really genuine. I was in an interview and this guy's really just telling me his whole life story. Okay. He's telling me that he dropped out of high school because of bullying. He suffers with mental health and, you know, just really all of these things that are going on. And I'm like, I know everything there is to know about this guy because he's told me it. And it wasn't a bad thing because, you know, just how the interview was, it came across as very, very genuine. Um, but on the flip side of that is that if you're in the interview and you don't tell the person that, then it's, it's really tricky. So, you know, in an interview, um, with someone that we hired, I always ask like, how are you with lifting? Any like problems that way or anything like that? Cause their job's kind of physical and, you know, pretty much every single time people will say no, no problem whatsoever. But then after they work there for a few weeks, it's like, oh, I have a back problem. I have this. I have this. And it's like a pre-existing problem that they brought in. Well, that's not being genuine. and That's not being authentic. Right. So uh, be honest, be personal about what's going on. Um, But, you know, you don't need to tell them everything. Go with your personality and your natural instinct on this. Finally, I just want to talk about uh, one thing. So when I had interns working for me and co-op students, I would sit them down and I would make them go through this. I would drill them on questions on the industry that they wanted to go into. And I would just say, you know, answer the question without answering the question. And they would all look at me like I was crazy. And what I would do is every time they would give me a plan, I would make them answer the question again. And every time where they really didn't lean on any type of idea, I would make them answer the question again. And it drove them crazy, but it was a really, really good exercise for them to actually kind of get this idea. So I'd encourage you to try the same, but let me kind of throw this out as an example, okay? When I was applying to a job, I got asked a question that was pretty difficult. And to be honest, I didn't think there was one answer, but uh, the person who asked the question was looking for one answer. So I was kind of trapped a little bit. And the question that he asked was, what do you think our students are struggling with the most right now? That's a big question. And there's a lot of things that you can say, but just the way he said it, I really felt backed into a corner. So I thought about it and, you know, I said something like, you know, this is a 
an important question to ask because if we can't gauge, you know, what our students are struggling with, how are we ever going to be able to, you know, help them and make a difference? Basically, I was just buying time because I had no idea what I was going to say. So then I'm just thinking as I'm, I'm saying that and then I come out and I say, you know, I really think there's not just one thing that people are struggling with. Everybody's story is different. Hearing that story, understanding what everyone's going through really gives you an understanding of what the next person has to go through and the people around them. But within that, there's also a difference from the community that I'm in to the community that you're in. And I don't think there's just one thing that everyone's struggling with. There's a lot of things. So, you know, I could I could tell you the main ones that generally people are dealing with, but I think it's more important to get to know the people on an individual level to find out what they're dealing with instead of assuming that, you know, you know the problem and you know how to fix it because you've learned about one issue as opposed to learning about the person. Uh, and he loved that answer. I think it was better than one he was expecting um, because I didn't use, you know, the one word that he was looking for. I talked about the process. But notice that I never gave an action plan other than I was going to get to know people which is pretty easy because you say hi to someone, you're getting to know them. Anyway, with that being said, practice this. No one is going to be amazing at interviewing the first time. So go easy on yourself. Give yourself a rest. Give yourself a break. When you go in and you're super nervous, just relax. I had someone tell me one time that when you're going into an interview, it's not just about whether they want to hire you. It's about whether you want to hire them. And I agree and I disagree because I think you're not on a level playing field. They're clearly in the power position, but also ultimately you have a say in it too. And that if you don't like the environment that you're applying to, don't work there. So don't put all that pressure on yourself. You get a say in it too. You still have some of the power, some of the control. Um, so yeah, just relax, do your best, be who you are. And I think you'll find that just that is going to take you really, really far. Like always, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please like and share. Uh, if you are wanting more info or anything like that, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Happy Workplace. Um, thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it.